Chris and Peter. Good morning, my love. Good morning, my love. How'd you sleep last night? I slept really hard and pretty well. I woke up still a little bit tired this morning, but the coffee's helping. Um, I want to apologize to any of our listeners who happened to listen to yesterday's episode. I was not in my best form and definitely was um, experiencing my first hangover in like two months. Um, I think I said yesterday I'd hung out with my colleagues the night before and had like probably two too many glasses of wine. It was a gentle reminder to me of why I don't overindulge anymore and try to stay at the tipsy level and not you know past that because it was not fun to be super tired all day yesterday and super tired while we were recording yesterday um and so I am sorry that I sounded so brutal but now you've gotten to experience me when I'm hungover it's a hot mess yeah we're all a little closer now (laughs) yeah more intimate yeah and who knew that marriage family therapists really like to go out and tie a few on we all need to let loose sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so while you were laying in bed and being hungover and napping and watching trash TV and stuff like that, I was being productive. Okay, let's hear it. What did you do yesterday? I completed a long-term goal that I've been working on since November, and that goal was to completely move every single item that I own out of my childhood home. Because mm-hmm. we'd lived with my mom for the last three years, and so we had moved. We'd had uh, two par- apartments previous to that, uh-huh. and so all of our stuff was in there. So couch, bed, boxes of books, all kinds of shit. Towels. I've towels. I've gone through every single room, every single closet, everything, and I've gotten. I've either taken everything that we want and brought it here and unpacked it and organized it in some way for the most part, except for the books that are downstairs. We're waiting for bookshelves, um, or I have trashed things and so I'm feeling really good about that that was a long-term goal that I had for myself was to move everything out because like like I I think I touched on this the other day like my family kind of uses my mom's house like my extended family kind of uses my mom's house as like a storage facility almost and without paying her without paying her for it and which is the best kind of storage facility from a customer's perspective and so the security is not that great but you know it's dry most of the time so I didn't want to be like that, and so completing this, really, I mean, I had to just pay a bunch of money to hire some movers, because I'm not moving shit these days. Like, I used to move people all the time, like, especially in college and, and, you know, during my early to mid-20s, just always moving people. Fucked my back up more than once. And so I'm not about that life anymore, Uh, and I hired two very nice gentlemen, Reggie and Andrew. Shout out Reggie and Andrew. Yep, they were Um, really nice. They were really nice, good dudes. Uh, just about getting the job done safely, which I'm all about. Uh, though they did uh, break one of the windows on my hutch. Mirror, or glass. Not a, it wasn't a window, it's just like a glass in a, um, yeah, in a hutch. So it's, it's glass and there's a wooden frame around it. Yeah. It's a window. Okay. So, I don't know, call it what you want. But anyway, it got broken, they knocked money off my bill, it's fine, whatever, I can replace it for a third of what they reimbursed me for. Nice. So, um, I mean, not counting my time, but who really values my time? (laughs) I do. And speaking of valuing time, I just want to shout out Peter for being um, an exceptional partner throughout this move. Peter unpacked 99.9% of the house by himself. 
um, I did help, like, I helped him, like, the two of us moved initially together, I think the day after Thanksgiving, um, but every... Well, you were, you were really sick during the initial move. And during then you... the two days we were moving, yeah. I was really sick, um... So, and then, and then during this move, you were really hungover, which is like being really sick. Kind of, yeah. So. But still. Don't worry. I put the team on my back. You know, I just, I, still, I overcame adversity. But still, you carried the team. Um, and you know. I honestly, I'm not a really great initial unpacker. Like, when I used to live on my own, it would take me days or weeks to, like, fully unpack all the boxes. And Peter had, like, back in November, Peter unpacked all of our initial moving stuff by himself, um... Like, within, like, a day or two of us being here. And I think I helped with one box. Um, but he didn't pressure me or really ask me to do anything I didn't want to do. Um, he hung up a bunch of art on the walls. Um, and, you know, I just really appreciate him doing that. And then he took, took the lead on um, assisting the movers yesterday and unpacking the rest of the boxes from his mom's house. I unpacked one box again and set up um, one thing on our coffee table, but he did, again, 99.9% of the work. And I just appreciate it because, like, not every partner would do that without, like, bitching at their partner for not helping. And, like, he just let me let me be. And I, I just really appreciate you being so patient and gentle with me. Um... And I cooked you a homemade dinner last night on dinner. top of that, too. Yeah. And you always cook dinner. He's the primary cook in the house, and I don't usually cook at all. Um, and so I just really appreciate you, babe, and I just wanted to tell you that. And I worked out last night before dinner. Yeah, you did a lot yesterday. And I was on the goddamn grind. Yeah. I'm on my Sigma grind set, toxic masculinity, full effect. Let's go! Well, we also took a lovely little hour nap. That's true. And that was a nice way to... Well, you took like a multi-hour nap. I, I took, took like a 45-minute th- nap. Yeah, mine was three hours. Yeah. But but it was a good day. Yeah, good day, good productive day. Um, Recovery day for me. I've got a little table in my office now that is just covered in projects that I need to do. And yep. I really like that I've put so much work into the house. Looking at basically everything, it's like, oh yeah, I hung that art or... That chair exists because I put it together. Or I paid to have that desk moved in. You know how sparse and and bare this room was. And then there was the desk made of a desk chair box and a chair with a cooler on top of it. Yeah. And now it is the 100% all wood except for the metal fixtures, like the handles and knobs and stuff. uh, Roll top desk that my grandfather made by hand like 60 years ago. And Love so, it. Love a good family heirloom. Fucking centerpiece. And so I'm fucking loving that. I've got all kinds of little cubby holes and drawers and my stuff fits and still kind of figuring it out. I got books. I'm excited to take some of the books from downstairs and put them in my desk just to like, you know, again, John Waters, if you go over to somebody's apartment, they don't have any books or their books suck. Don't fuck them. Don't fuck them. So yeah, I'm feeling pretty, pretty juiced about life in general. Good. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, put in my two weeks recently at my job. Well, that leads me to a question I had for you this okay. morning. If you could choose any other career or vocation other than what you've been doing or doing now, what would you choose and why? Oh, is this a Gottman? It's a Gottman question. Ba 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 ba! Shout out Gottman. Um, 
Let's see. Okay, so uh, ideal job is basically the question, right? If you could choose to do anything else, and that kind of naturally leads to like, you know, you just talk, maybe talking more about putting in your two weeks and why and what is your mm -hmm. ideal vocation if you had to choose. So luckily I am getting to take a stab at my ideal vocation. Um, so right now I do marketing and I've done marketing for more than a decade now. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty much anything and everything having to do with digital marketing, search engine optimization, paid. Um, I do a lot of copywriting, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, um, I have the opportunity to do more artistic work in 2023, which we talked about a little bit uh, briefly in past episodes. But um, I'm basically getting paid to write a biography of a person. And then I've got some other associated projects with that, but I'll get to be shooting a lot of video, doing a lot of interviewing, uh, you know, doing a lot of narrative construction, doing a lot of storyboarding, and um, kind of just like taking the next couple years to to work out, you know, uh, the best version of someone's life story that I can put together. And so, yeah, yeah that'll be fun. And then, yeah, just got some other projects similar to that. So I'm, I'm getting to go back to, like, we've talked about how my journalism, you know, pedigree is, you know, for someone who went to public school in the middle of the United States, like, weirdly high. And so getting to use those skills that I developed in, uh, you know, high school and early college, well, in all of college, because I have a journalism degree, obviously. And, uh, like, the multimedia production and design aspect of it is not something that I've done a whole lot over the past few years. So it's been fun doing projects to kind of get my chops back yeah. with that. And so I've sat down with like a number of family friends and, you know, some, some older folks, some younger folks, and just tried to get uh, just interviewing reps in again. And, uh, yeah, I've referenced that in a past episode talking about how he interviewed my mom for two hours mm -hmm. over Christmas with all the family present. Oh, yeah. So that's an example of just collecting life stories. Mm -hmm. And so the long-term goal is to have a business that is centered around collecting the stories of people uh, and they're, you know, like in whatever capacity that they want, right? It could be, you know, I've, I've told people about this idea in various forms before, but what it really comes down to is just collecting narratives and packaging them in a way. And so I'll get to do a whole bunch of that in 2023. And I'm really excited. The people who I'm going to be working on this with are super open um, really down to collect and, and put down, you know, anything and everything, which is always nice. Uh, people, you know, obviously want to censor themselves and tell a version of their own story that paints them in the best light. Um, but the people that I'm working with, at least in the first few goes of this are, uh, real about being real. And, yeah. you know, cause like, you know, life is not, uh, Instagram feed. It's, uh, you know, it's got warts and bad things and, you know, we're not always the people that we want to be long term yeah. and we're not always proud of the things that we do say or feel or, um, you know, whatnot. And so capturing that and like telling the real holistic story of a human being, it's one of the greatest honors that I can think of, you know, to have someone trust me with how they're going to be remembered. Um, that's I, kind of something that I've always thought about, like being a biographer. Well, you've always kind of been a storyteller in mm -hmm. a way, even through marketing. Yeah. And so for you to be able to capture that skill and, and use it in such a beautiful way to tell, tell worthwhile stories mm -hmm. about other humans is really, really cool. Would you consider that like a dream for you to be able to do that full time? Oh yeah, absolutely. For sure. Like I, it's something that I've thought about, you know, since I was a kid, I told you about that, like that weird story that I wrote about Abraham Lincoln a couple episodes ago, right? Like mm -hmm. 
So I've always thought about like, and it's almost, it's not so much my story that I want to tell because I don't have a lot of like ego in that way. Like I don't feel like I need to tell everyone my stories all the time, but I always wanted, I've always wanted to like, if I heard a good story, I've always wanted to go to someone and say like, oh my God, I heard this thing. You, you let me tell you this story that I heard. Right. right. Um, so like, I don't think I've talked about this before, but when I was in Catholic school, like, would that be preschool to eighth grade? So 10 years. So what would that be like? Like, oh geez, probably more than that. Like five to seven or five to no 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 because you you go to high school in fourteen or or thirteen fourteen. Okay yeah so so anyway yeah probably like ten ish years. Um, I remember when I was really young, probably like second like first second third grade. I was the only kid uh, at school whose parents let them watch like R rated horror movies. Mm-hmm. So I would watch the R rated horror movies and then. Uh, people would gather around me at lunch and I would tell them the story of the, the horror movie. Like, just, you know, cause obviously I can't, like, show them the screen. So I would have to paint the images with my words. And so, I like, even then, you know, when I was, like, what, like, nine years old, mm-hmm. I was getting reps in, like, taking something I saw, mm-hmm. putting it in my own mind, figuring out what the important parts of the thing were mm-hmm. to like tell it to do the foreshadowing and to to give the the viewer context and to um, do character development like what do you actually really need to include and ex- explaining the imagery I'm sure because mm-hmm. that's a huge part for kids about horror yeah. horror stories yeah and so and so yeah because I, I had all these like R-rated stories in my head you know, I was very popular at lunch because I would, I, I had a lot to say and it was interesting. People enjoyed it and it was different than what they were used to. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just, you know, what, almost 25 years later, I'm getting to go and like hear stories and put them in my head and figure out what the important parts are and then translate it out in a way that people find it captivating. Mm-hmm. And so that is going to be a really fun project or series of projects. And capturing it on video as well with all of your new video equipment. That will be a big, yeah. That, that's like, like the that's, newer part yeah, of it. Yeah, that's the newer part. Like stories, like I'm comfortable with stories where I'm going to really grow in 2023 is my ability to capture them in high quality media. Like doing, capturing like high quality 4K video, capturing high definition audio with no artifacts and nothing going on in the background and like crisp, clean, like no echoes, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, More coffee, please. Getting, okay. And then getting back into like stuff that I did when I was in school. I'm really excited to do that because, you know, I used to go and like check out a camera from the, the camera library at the journalism school and you know, then I would only be able to use it for so long. I had to remember to take my tape out of it or else I would lose all the stuff I shot that day. And, da, da, da. and like now I have like my own setup that I've spent, you know, a lot of money on and getting to use it is it's like growing a new appendage. You know, I feel yeah. like I feel like there's more to me now um, when I wield the camera, when I have the, re- the audio recorder out. You know, it's just it, it's like a, an extension. It's a new thing that I bring to the table. You know, and as you, before you were kind of, were talking, I had a thought. You talked about not necessarily feeling the need to capture your own story. Mm -hmm. But I think in a small way, like this podcast project that we're doing is us capturing our day-to-day life story Mm -hmm. and sharing it with our friends and family. Um, So in a way, you are kind of documenting your your stories and your life. That's true. That's true. And like another reason that we started doing this is because, well, a couple things for me. One people in Bora Bora said that they used to listen to it and that surprised me. Like people who I like, I don't know, never thought about them listening to us. Um, and so that was, that made me feel good. And then 
knowing that I would be doing more audio recording projects in the future and getting paid for them, mm-hmm. I want my product to be as high quality as possible. Like, obviously, I'm not going to be using stereo mode. I'm going to be using, like, you know, lapel mics, like like little lavaliers and things like that. And, um, like, really going full bore at, which we might experiment with in the future. Um, but, like, getting those reps in. Like, the idea of getting reps in and, like, getting my, my, my multimedia creation muscle stronger mm-hmm. uh, was another motivating factor. Mm-hmm. I think my motivation for the podcast is really kind of to, I just cherish the time we spend in the morning and in the evening talking Yeah, and being able to capture that and look back on it and remember things that we've talked about or little stories that I might Mm -hmm. otherwise forget, like being able to 10, 15, 20 years from now, be able to look back on this time that we've spent Mm -hmm. together means a lot to me. So I think that's why I'm invested in recording with you. Oh yeah. And I'm like, you know, if we want to get really sappy about it, think about, you know, say, say all these companies that do this podcast hosting actually, you know, keep their servers going for decades on in the future. Humanity has not destroyed itself in this scenario. Yeah. So unlikely, but, uh, you know, say like, Hey, uh, what are we like, you know, say 50, 60 years from now where we pass away. Right. And like, our, or, or maybe not even that, maybe like, you know, 30 years from now, our kids are in their like twenties or something like that. And then we say, oh, yeah, we used to do a podcast. And they'll be like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'll be like, yeah, there's like 900 episodes or whatever. They're all like five to, you know, five minutes to an hour long. That will just blow their fucking minds. Yeah. That's cool. Very cool. Yeah. So I'm happy for you getting to do your dream job. Yeah, dream job. So you just put in your two weeks. When does your dream job start? So put in the two weeks a while back. And so my dream job, it's going to be at the start of February when I'll probably be flying out to the west coast to february 2023 2023 yep so i'll be flying out to california uh once again the place where my business fortunes lie i mean california is the center of the united states so um right. makes sense but yeah so that'll be fun i'll get to go back to southern california see my friends who are still there and um get work done so it'll be a working trip uh but then after that oh man there's i'm just doing so much stuff it's i'm gonna be all over the place I love that for you, babe. Yeah. So, okay. How about you? I mean, you kind of do your thing, right? Dream job wise. Um, yeah. So like I might've, I probably have said this in the past, but like, you know, when I was in college, it took me a while to finish my undergrad. So like while I was in college and for several years after I graduated, I was working in the restaurant industry, eventually being general manager of a fuzzy's taco shop. And my dream was always to go to grad school and be a therapist. I'm sure I've said this before. And Peter, you're the one that encouraged me to take that leap, even though I was terrified to quit my restaurant job and pursue uh, graduate school. And we'll, we'll tell the story of you getting to the point where you quit your job some other time, but it is worth telling. Is it? It's yeah. Um, Gonna so, make some people mad. So in a lot of ways. I feel like I'm also just doing my dream job and kind of like you described, like, I feel like as a, as a being a psychotherapist, I listen to people's stories all day. Mm -hmm. So instead of telling stories, I listen and empathize and validate other people and help them tell me their stories. Um, and, and I think I've really also kind of been doing that since I was a child. Like I've, I've just... I don't know, as a, as a young child, I used to love to read almost constantly, 
um, if I wasn't at school and to the point where like if I were to get in trouble my parents my mom really would ground me from reading she would take all my books away if I were in trouble and I would I just remember like I would everyone would be talking at the dinner table and I'd have a book propped up in front of me at the table like reading so I've always loved like like reading or listening to stories um and then as like like a elementary middle high school student like my friends always described me as a good listener um and they they seemed to always appreciate what feedback I had for whatever they shared with me Mm -hmm. um one friend I remember called my feedback Lisdom instead of wisdom. Yeah. And so um, just being able to be a good listener and provide insights that give people support and guidance on their life has is something I feel like I've always done naturally. So being able to do that now professionally in a career as a therapist um, feels like I am living my dream job. And, you know... People always, like, it's one of those popular things to say that if you do what you love or something that you never work a day in your life. Mm -hmm. I feel like while that, generally speaking, could be true, we all have, like, good days and hard days and mediocre days at our jobs, whether it's exactly what we want to be doing or not. Mm -hmm. And on my harder days, days where it's a little bit harder to get dressed and go into the office or I don't necessarily feel like I want to be there and I'd rather be at home... Um, one of the mantras I repeat to myself is you have your dream job. You have your dream job. There's nothing you'd rather be doing right now. Um, like you can get through this day and you'll eventually go home and you'll be where you want to be. But for right now, like you just have a few more hours to work mm-hmm. and it's exactly what you want to be doing for a living. So you should be really grateful because not everyone can say that. Yeah. So the privilege and the honor of my job of getting to listen to people's stories is something I try to remind myself of on, on the harder days. But on the good days, I look forward, I genu- genuinely look forward to going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a it was a good feeling um, being in Bora Bora. Like, that was, like, the longest vacation I'd had from work in a long time. And I genuinely felt at the towards the end of the trip like I was looking forward to going back to work. Because I had kind of missed having those deeper, tender conversations mm-hmm. with people and, you know, providing support and insight in that way. And so, so yeah, being able to say that I looked forward to going back to my job was a good feeling for me. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I have my dream job. Um, but as far as, like, the future... She burping directly into the mic. Excuse me. Nice. Hey, it's, Content the, it's warning. real raw us in the morning. Yep. Um, as far as in the future, I'm just excited to see. I just want to maintain for a while, maintain what I'm doing, prove to myself that it's sustainable. I've only been doing this for about a year and a half professionally, three years in total considering my internship. And so I want to, you know, make sure that I'm working at a pace and with a caseload that is sustainable for me where you know, I can say I've been doing this professionally for five years or something like that. Um, but I'm excited to see what we end up doing and whether or not I can scale up my business at all. Mm-hmm. Maybe having my own office one day with people who, you know, rent from me. That's a potential dream. It's not where I feel I'm at right now or something I'd want right now. But 
Um, oh, even just growing your clientele in places like California and New York well, and Denver. Well, that's another arm of it is mm-hmm. the out-of-state coaching that I do. So I'm licensed mm-hmm. in Kansas and Missouri, meaning I can see clients um, physically or on telehealth in Kansas or Missouri. As a therapist. As a therapist. But any clients who are out-of-state, I still work with them. I have clients in like six or seven different states right now. But I have to refer to that work as coaching because I'm not licensed in the state the client is located in. Mm -hmm. So I do coaching work out of state and I had to like work with an attorney who's a family friend to create like a legal coaching document disclaimer Mm -hmm. saying that I'm not providing psychotherapy, I'm providing coaching. And so I send that out to all of my out of state clients just to keep myself protected Mm -hmm. as well. Um, but what I'm doing is legal, like coaching does not currently have any like real regulations or, I mean, yeah, that's why you see so many people on social media doing it. Exactly. Like a coach is ambiguous. A coach coach is super ambiguous. So I do provide out of state coaching and I could expand that as like expand my business out of Kansas and Missouri even more. So that's kind of a dream. Um, but yeah, I don't think as far as like changing careers or vocations like I don't see myself wanting to do anything other than this in the future mm-hmm. other than being a therapist I'm very happy with it yeah yeah I've, I feel the same way the, the stuff that I've got going art on art wise and like marketing consulting and like the the big the budding real estate dreams that we have mm-hmm. um, yeah I've, I feel like we've over the past few years really kind of wrangled life into the direction that we wanted it to go overall that's a really empowering thought that we did that yeah yeah like we both worked our way into jobs that we liked you know you completed grad school and started your own business i uh you know came back from like a year and a half off of just like chilling to get my marketing jobs back and then you know cultivate my network again and then eventually set out on my own again or yeah. at least, you know, be entrepreneurial again. Um, this time, no partner. Ha ha! Um, yeah. If these aren't the consequences of my own decisions. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm just feeling really good about life overall. I think part of it is that this, like, my office feels so much more filled out. Mm-hmm. And I hope that gets reflected in the recording now because there's, like, a big plush chair. And there's it's not just, like, hard walls far away from the microphone. Right. So I'm happy for you that you have this office space that's mm-hmm. like a space to yourself. Mm-hmm. That's just yours. I know I've said this before, but Peter, and he's said it before, but Peter's fairly introverted and, you know, likes time to himself sometimes to just recharge his battery. Um, and we spend a lot of alone time together, you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, sometimes I, I like to honor and respect the fact that sometimes you even need space from me. Mm-hmm. Um, just to recharge your battery and, and get some time to yourself. And I'm so glad that you have this office space to kind of come to as like your own private area of the house that's just yours. And so I'm, I'm really happy for you, babe. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy that it's in the state that it's in right now. I mean, I was happy when it was just four bare walls and a floor, you know. But now that there's art up and... You know, there's seating and there's space for my projects and things are fairly organized and not messy and I've got space to work out. Um, just kind of having like a headquarter, a base of operations, like a, it's psychologically very empowering. You know, so, that's how I yeah. felt um, 
when when did I get my first office? Because when I started my business in September of 2022, I was subleasing. No, September of 2021. 2021. Yeah, because last year was 2022. Oh my gosh! Wow, time has flown by. So yeah, when I started my business in September of 2021, I was subleasing for a long time, and I think it was September of 2022, so a year later, that I first started paying rent for my own office and had my own therapy space to decorate mm-hmm. and have as you know be able to schedule when I want to, not around someone else's schedule when mm-hmm. I was like when I was subleasing, and like you're saying it was it was such a liberating and empowering experience to have a space that looked and felt like mm-hmm. me that really reflected who I am as a person and as a therapist and a space that almost all of my clients have reported that, that they they love aesthetically mm-hmm. and that they like being in that room and they like the art that's up and they feel like the room is comfortable there's lots of texture lots of fuzzy pillows and blankets you know, art covering almost every part of the room. Well, one of your colleagues, didn't she say that she, like, had an emotional reaction to your space when she yeah, saw Yeah, she was so sweet. She came and saw my room and got kind of choked up and was proud of me and then later texted me that not a lot of spaces make her cry, mm. um, but walking into my office and seeing it, um, how it was decorated and how it made her feel, made her emotional and cry a little bit. And I that meant a lot to me because she's one of my mentors and someone that I respect Mm -hmm. very, very much. And getting that feedback from her on a space that I put a lot of heart into felt really, really good. So um, while it's not in my home, having a professional space that feels like having an office and a professional space that feels comfortable, I I can relate to how you feel about your office. Mm -hmm. Just being really, like having it be like a really fulfilling feeling. Yeah, for sure. All right, dear reader, and by dear reader, I mean dear viewer, and by dear viewer, I mean dear listener, two (laughs) takeaways for today. One, do something to cultivate you, specifically the person. So it could be like a hobby, professional pursuit, pick up working out again, just something, right? Because that's something that we talked about as being a good thing. Uh, And then do something to change your space. Hang, hang that piece of art you've been putting off hanging. Like buy, buy a frame down at the Goodwill and frame that piece of art that you've been thinking about putting up on the wall. Put a hole in your wall for no reason. <laughs> you know what? It's abstract art. It's got feeling. And that's what's important. And you know what, dear listener? You're important too. Brought to you by Henanao Tahiti. Henanao. Make every time a Henanao time. But not Folgers.